0: Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we are back for the final episodes, kicking it all off with 1117 lockdown. Uh, Aaron, does it also feel to you like it has been five years since the last chunk of episodes?
1: It's been a minute, yeah. Feels like. Uh you know, with the whole hot D T Rop situation, uh, mm-hmm. times the flat circle, uh, a week is a year. Yeah. It, it could be about that long.
0: Yeah. Uh, especially, I don't know about you, but I, I was totally lost coming into this. I don't remember basically anything about the last, two chunks oh this see, I, I
1: listened to the last few podcasts we did uh ah, leading up to it and it got it, it got me back on track and then also the uh previously ons so they had a super previously on so i felt like i was pretty pretty connected did they? To everything. i thought the previously on was
0: garbage it was like 15 seconds long for me it's like huh. lance at out at like the burning hilltop building and then yeah that was like there were Maybe a, with the context of scene, our final was, few
1: podcasts, so like, yeah, I kind of yeah. felt like I was in on the the storylines and whatnot. I, I
0: I can't remember who shot him in the face. I know Herschel was involved in that scenario, and like Lance went at Herschel for, for, like big time, and Daryl, mm-hmm. did Daryl get him? Oh shit, you're gonna ask me specific questions? Yeah, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't. Uh, I, I know like, yeah, he was pretty pissed at everybody. Leah's like not dead. She's out there somewhere, right? Because... Daryl shot at her and she ran away. Or did she finally? Did he finally? I thought Leah's dead. Dead. Yeah. Okay. See, this is this is the thing. Why was none of that in? If they were going to bring that topic up, like directly in this episode, why didn't they put that in the previously on? This previously on was garbage. Absolute garbage. <laughs>
1: um, okay. Well, you know, gotta, gotta. I gotta respect my co-hosts uh, declaring garbage of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, I just it's, checked it's to make bad. sure. Yeah, she's she's super dead. She's super okay. dead.
0: I thought so, but I wasn't sure. Again, previously on garbage. Uh what do you think of this episode in general? You know,
1: I actually was having a lot of fun. I because like I kept on being like one of the things that bothered me about last season is they're playing with some political commentary that I don't know is within reach of this show. Yeah. Like they're a toddler looking uh, that there's, there's a boiling that there's there's a boiling pot on the stove and someone's left a handle out and that toddler's reaching for that thing and it's going to pull it over and burn themselves it's going to be a, it's going to be a hideous thing but I was watching and I'm like the way they were doing it and there's there's strengths and weaknesses to this is literally I think anyone of any political persuasion could look at this episode and see it applying to them because I feel like left or right or even center There's a lot of people, you know, wondering for reasons, both good and and worthy. When would it be go time? When when do you go from like lawful protest to riot to just like, no, fuck you. We're not going home and we're going to invade the Capitol building and we're going to set Mm -hmm. up shop and demand answers. And I'm like, is this show responsible enough to kind of play with that toolkit? I don't know, but I, I do feel like it's like I thought it was very one sided and I don't know. I, I feel like it was a little, a little bit more broadly applicable. And it's going to be interesting to say the least, to Lisa, see if this show can say something interesting about that. But I, I thought the characters are cool. I like seeing these people kick ass. I like seeing the worm turn on the Commonwealth. Um, I thought Negan was particularly good. A lot of things um, like, you know, this is how the show operates. Like I had big problems with how they handled the Negan Maggie reintroduction.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. I bet that
1: fumbled that ball a little bit. But where they're at now is exactly where they need to be. And Mm -hmm. like, uh, just, you know, like I remember they used to have bad blood because of course they had bad blood and they got resolved because Negan's pretty good with kids, it turns out. And Maggie knows that's something she and and everything's even though they they kind of fumbled the ball now in this last season, it's set up to where it's working really well. Like him and Carol, him and Maggie, I'm really, really digging that. Uh, I thought the action scenes were pretty good with one maybe notable exception. Uh, I was (laughs) Mm -hmm. pretty happy. I thought this was a pretty, pretty good season opener. What do you think, Jim?
0: Yeah, no, I I liked it Um, again with one notable exception. But yeah, I I found some of the political stuff they were doing fairly nuanced and and in some ways like that that garbage previously on helped because like you said i don't remember exactly how we got to all these places i remember connie released a report and apparently Uh everybody just took it at face value and was very pissed off so yeah I, i feel like they're not they're maybe giving a little too much credence to the the faith people have in the mainstream media Nowadays, and maybe that changes when you only have one outlet and uh, there are fewer lives. And so one and that's the other thing, like the government killing one person has never moved a damn ball at all on those fronts. So they have to kill. Dozens, hundreds, thousands. And they have. They have established
1: that, like, maybe there's something been rotten in Denmark. There's been more and more people being kind of, like, aware of it, but not being able to put their finger on it. And then you have this expose that just drops and kind of lays bare everything. And, like,
0: maybe that's not the
1: unvarnished truth, but, like, damn, this makes a lot of sense and is really jiving with, like, some stuff, other fucked up stuff we've seen in this society, and we don't trust the Milton's anymore. I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good.
0: And you know what? And, and I like Sebastian being more afraid of his mother than the people. Right? He's like so in yeah. over his head on the politics of all this. He's just yeah, like, yeah, mommy's yeah. gonna be mad at me. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's such a fucking. I hate that guy so much. It's so great uh, to see course. Negan like. Do I know who you are? Do you know who I am? Like, yeah, yeah. give me my baseball bat, damn it. Um, I also really thought that the prologue montage kind of reminding us of where we've been and I don't know if this counts as my Rick appearance that I was counting on <laughs> uh, yeah, score one the, the, yeah this, uh-huh. this flashback but I thought that you know like showed like it was really particularly good at how they showed like all the good people about um, you know that that we had some people that united and made found families together and others gave in the darkness. And we mm-hmm. have a Shane and the governor and Negan and alpha montage and all the shitbirds that we've seen over the year. Um, and that final thing that Judith was saying is like, you know, but that was a long time ago and it's also now, but will it be tomorrow? That's pretty fucking awesome. That's a great way to start this final season.
0: I, I was kind of confused by this montage because it is all, flashback stuff right and and amc has a history of doing like these weird bumpers of like okay we're gonna make this strange kind of content and just kind of throw it in here to hype you up i didn't know if this was actually a part of the episode or if this was one of those weird amc bumpers that was like remember all the things we've been through as we go into the final season i I really couldn't tell and even on second watch i couldn't really tell Hmm. i think it's part of the episode I think it is, yeah. I think it, I will only I, know when the DVDs slash Blu-rays are released, <laughs> which means you'll never know because there's. It's not like yeah, you've got yeah. those pre-ordered on Amazon. Fair, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I did like that too. Whether it's part of the episode or not, it was a nice flashback trip through memory lane. Got um, me hyped. Got yeah. me hyped for sure. So I guess we're already in the recap, but. Let's go over to the recap.
1: We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price Priceline
1: Wyndham Hotels and Resorts Makes travel possible for all
0: We start off with Judith telling us stories that she's heard about the beginning of the apocalypse. This is the some, you know, survived by making found families. Others gave into darkness. That speech. Uh, yeah. And you get to see Rick. You get to see all the places we've been. You get to see Shane. I mean, all this flashback from the past stuff is. Boy, it, it really just puts it into like stark focus here. How far we've come in this show, in the 12 years of this show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I enjoyed it.
1: And then And we go mm-hmm. right into an awesome Daryl 1v, however many zombies
0: there are. <laughs> yes, as always. Uh yeah, Horns being his goons are stalking Maggie and Daryl. Uh Gabriel, Aaron and Negan and Annie find them. Uh Daryl comes up with the idea to send Negan back to the Commonwealth to get their people back there safe. Because they can't do it because they've shown their faces, but he hasn't. Uh, Negan uses his skin walking techniques to steal a truck from Hornsby's guys, from Bravo Team. I was shocked. Well, I, do you have anything you want to say about the, the beginning of this scene where they're all chatting? Um, I mean, it's it's like I, I liked how, you know, the gangs
1: back together and they just make a point of how badass they are. Because you're going against these are, I think, yeah. the elite of the Commonwealth. And Daryl knows it better than anybody because <laughs> he's been part of this team. And they're like, yeah. man, there's a lot of people. And Daryl's like, it don't matter. going to take them out one by one. And I'm like, I kind of believe them. Like, even if they just have knives, they're going to fuck these guys up.
0: Yeah. Um, but they, they've done then, a very bad job of making me fear any of these Commonwealth goons. The, this they Bravo are team very
1: stormtrooper. Like you got Mercer's Darth Vader and everybody uh-huh. else's stormtroopers wearing styrofoam armor and the worst kind of shots. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're, they're- but idiots as far as i can tell they did
1: a good job of like regardless of how you felt about the you know listening to the podcast and the previously on like telling what the stakes are in case you've forgotten that you've got these people that are being mm-hmm. hunted by hornsby who's running this kind of shadow outfit that pamela milton may or may not be aware of and they're trying to find you know daryl and maggie and uh and gabriel, gabriel. and aaron yeah, but the day and, and they can handle them no problem. But the danger is they have their hostages. They have the people that they love mm-hmm. back at the place and, you know, them kind of soberly going through. It's like, well, you know, uh, we're going to have to trust, you know, we got Jerry there. We got Carol there. We got Z- Ezekiel there. We got some we got some studs back at home. We'll have to trust them to handle business. But, yeah. you know, realizing also the Negan is a kind of unknown quantity that he can go there and not, you know, instantly be suspected. I thought it was, like I said, this is a pretty well yeah. thought out, well explained, write all the cards on the table plan
0: that they're going to run, and it shows you the danger of of or the contrast in stakes for the people who have given into darkness versus the people who have made found families because Hornsby doesn't have that person you can go back to and threaten if yeah. he's ever in a situation. Uh, yeah. It's only because they've made connections that they have something to lose here, and it's a disadvantage for them in some ways, but an advantage for them in others. Uh,
1: the other thing is, I, I said in the preview podcast, I was really hoping to see some epic zombie kills—you know, zombies eating people. I thought this first person being torn in half was pretty exceptional, but it's mm-hmm. just the it's just the hors d'oeuvre for the main course that we get later on this
0: episode. There were some spectacular zombie kills. This episode, oh, yeah. I continue to wonder how people in full head to toe body armor get eaten. But when they get pulled sure.
1: apart like crab rangoon, Jim, and that dunked was... into sweet and sour sauce.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know how a man with a fully automatic rifle and in head to toe <laughs> body armor gets overwhelmed by. Frankly, any number of zombies. Yeah, yeah. But...
1: No, you're not. You're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> but you're it happened,
0: wrong. and wow, the gore was amazing. That, the, yeah. Apparently, the armor is just like tissue paper, though. Yeah, because they can tear right through it. Uh, all right, Hornsby tries to radio Commonwealth, but he can't get a signal out. He, we'll find out later in the episode. He does manage to get a partial signal out. Um, so he sends one of his guys to go find a signal, and then gets attacked by Daryl. Uh, his guys move in on Daryl's position, but Daryl sneaks around them and steals their car. Uh, which I find hilarious because it's the second car they've lost. I feel like they should just steal all their cars because they're very good at it, and then leave them stranded out there <laughs> yeah. and drive yeah, you back don't to Commonwealth and ball. get their people. Yeah. 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 You just drive them out to the middle of nowhere
1: and then just go home, you know, uh-huh. with all their, all the have horns be try to explain that. Forget about all the machinations. <laughs> just like your dudes, we just stole all their shit, man. They need to, they, <laughs> they need to come be back fired. they just
0: completely naked. They've stolen their body armor. <laughs> they've stolen their rifles, the radios. Just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Uh, Nian leads the Commonwealth troops on a wild goose chase in his stolen vehicle. Uh, until Daryl uses the other stolen vehicle to T-bone the one good vehicle I think they had left, and then Negan drives mm-hmm. away toward Commonwealth. Uh, it's, this is a really risky play for Daryl, right? He's got seatbelts and I presume
1: airbags. It looked like a modern enough car that would have airbags. but. Okay. Yeah, anytime you go wreck to somebody that hard, it's it's you're taking your life into your hands. And he does get his head busted open. It does look like I get his head yeah. busted
0: open. Yeah, I felt like it was risky. Also, where's the communication? How did they time this? Because they're not on the radio saying, "Yeah, I'm around in the corner of Delaware," and and Ball why aren't Street. they
1: though? Why do you say that? Why wouldn't they be? Because well, look, they, they, didn't show they it. showed they showed them stealing radios though, so they could have coordinated that. Well, they should have shown it. Show what? Them coordinating or just. I'm to being they like, I'm headed. North. Fucking hold your hand like a child, Jim. They show radios. They show a man coordinated attacking. Radios. Sure,
0: yeah. Sure. I guess I, I'm i supposed to just assume that they were talking, even though they show them driving multiple times and never talking. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess, yeah, it must have been planned. Must have been planned. Uh, and then we go back to Commonwealth. Where there are protests happening outside Pamela Milton's office, the, the, the state building, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. They demand Sebastian be delivered for his crimes uh, that Connie reported on in previous episodes. and the group tries to figure out figure out what to do. Um, but Rosita decides that no one's gonna decide anything until their people get back. That's fair enough. like that's kind
1: of shitty to like make that decision uh, for everybody. Especially if the Um, decision is
0: we're going to leave, you know, because then your people get back and then where'd everybody go? Yeah.
1: Uh, And it's like one of those things where if everyone decides to leave, like if half of them leave, half of them stay, the people to stay might be used. as You you do have to kind of get consensus on that. So I thought that's interesting. Also, Yumiko (laughs) transferred from the State Department to uh, the Department of Justice. She's now the Attorney General, apparently. Did they say that?
0: Well, I mean, she's like, she's, she's acting Milton's lawyer. I know that she's much.
1: acting as if, pa- yeah, she's Pamela Anderson's, Pamela Anderson's.
0: <laughs> she also needs a lawyer, but she's, she's representing
1: her in a matter of a sex tape. And uh, yeah. she's saying it's all lies. But, you know, um, yeah, no, I, I I thought that they established that that was uh, that she was in the okay. State Department before and now she's the, the lawyer. So I don't know. I think like they're they're playing pretty fast and loose with uh because like that's the thing is Yumiko's an outsider. And mm-hmm. now I feel like she's like number three or four in the whole
0: damn government. And I want to say they didn't show us any of that. I could be misremembering. Did they show us? Cause I thought she was out the entire last chunk of episodes. Am I wrong about that? Yeah,
1: pretty much. Uh, she Uh Her brother was in there, but he's kind of like running a terrorist cell, Loki. And I guess he was in a lot of trouble, but Hornsby got him out of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much. But still, I, I just thought it was weird that yeah but yeah her mm. i yeah I, I still with the amount of time they've been here, which isn't a lot, I think it's weird that they're that that she's in this high of a position, but it's it might be a dead. keep your enemies the closer least sort of
0: sort of thing, like keep keep that unknown quantity close by, keep an eye on it, uh but she's like, she but has... that's the
1: thing it's like she, they never mention it. she mentions all kinds of reasons why she shouldn't trust her, like, well, you're Connie's best friend. Also, mm-hmm. I didn't know who the fuck you were until like six weeks ago. Like they're like they yeah. I just feel like they could have made her seem like uh, Yumiko is taking advantage of this crisis, which they kind of did. She like steps forward. And while Pamela's kind of like flop sweating in front of the crowd, she kind of like. You know, says mm-hmm. all the smart things like, "Oh, we're investigating, and we're going to keep you in the loop. We're going to be fully transparent, and like all those." But she was already uh, all that bullshit then. that the protesters love to hear, so they can just go home and, and go on with their lives. But uh, <laughs> right,
0: placating the crowd.
1: Yeah, placating the crowd exactly. Yeah, uh, but but uh, Pamela's fucking lost in the sauce. She's like, uh, the report is lies. My son couldn't have done these things. He's a nice He's young creeple. man. Like, no, that come on. Come on.
0: Nobody believes that shit. No, no, Those are the kind of platitudes that don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Mercer's troops show up at this protest, too, and he gets called away to processing, but tells Rosita she's got to suit up because today's crazy. Yeah, uh, I had a real problem with the subtitles in this scene because I was watching with subtitles and then they Mm -hmm. do the ASL subtitles and they just overlap I know dude I had
1: to I had to watch it I had to back it up and turn off subtitles and watch it and then yeah yeah but uh, they were they're saying that um, you know Connie was pleased this is a journalist wet Mm -hmm. dream she is she is generating change this is what change looks like Kelly
0: every report that came out of a journalist did this
1: (laughs) yeah wow um, and then Kelly's like, well, this could also get ugly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, thought that was interesting. I also, it's like one of those things where I was like looking, I'm like, man, because at the beginning of this episode, I was thinking like, you know, uh, okay. Yeah. Protest is how you get change, but also is it like, is if it, is like, what happens if, if you still don't get the change, you're looking after that. And I was gratified to see, I think that the, the episode explores that. You know the evolution from you know peaceful protest to civil disobedience to like full on you know riot and and the government turning against you. Mm-hmm. There's a little things. I there's a couple things I thought were a little bit muddy that we're, we'll talk about that when they're doing this kind of straight analogy, but we'll have time to talk about that throughout the episode.
0: There's something that's kind of muddy here for me, and it's in regards to Rosita being told to suit up. So later in the episode, she's going to tell Mercer, "Look, I'm cool with being out here fighting walkers, but I'm not cool mm-hmm. with." being part of your goon squad back in town. Right. My family yeah. takes precedent yeah. uh, precedence, but he tells her to suit up and the, the walkers have not been indicated at all yet. There, there's zero indication that what they're, what she's going to be suiting up for is Walker fights. So she just kind of agrees to suit up for this protest crowd control stuff. Well, but she
1: definitely, you could see on her face where she's like, ah, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that, she's going to get suited up, but if she was going to be ordered to like, you know, turn bayonets on the crowd, she would have not gone forward. That turns out okay. they get diverted to zombie yeah, crisis yeah. control. And there's also part of me is like, man, I'm not, am I so sure that like Mercer's not already aware of it, you know, that this is a developing mm-hmm. situation that he needs help. And so like, I, I wasn't too bothered by it because it's not like she started whomping ass on protesters or like firing tear gas sure, at them. Sure. She, she was just getting suited up. So yeah, that's more just thing. Trying it's like to I imagine
0: is that, Is that an inconsistency or not? It doesn't seem like it.
1: Yeah. I imagine if you're a peace officer with good conscience that that must be, you know, that would be an interesting thing of like, you know, uh, at what point do you at what point is an unlawful order given, you know, getting suited up and doing this and, you know, like when when does it go from like doing your duty to like, oh, shit, this is actually a violation of what I'm supposed to do. And I I thought that that they were playing with that with Rosita's kind of expressions and Mm -hmm. clearly something she was wrestling with, too, because I think she likes Mercer. Uh, I think they're saying that Mercer is broadly speaking, a good guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he's being used by the system. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then they're trying to open his eyes to that.
1: And I think it's working. I think his eyes are pretty, pretty at least half open already.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go over to Yumiko and Max in Pamela's office. She's trying to, you know, quell this protest with platitudes about what a good boy, her son is, um, She's doing no one... the O.J. Simpson, I'm looking for the real suspect. <laughs> oh, jeez! Yeah. Got to bring him to justice, you know, the, the real killers. No one knows, including Pamela, where Sebastian is, and Max wants to keep their plan going. They're they're in pretty deep here, but she's like, "Yeah, let's keep going." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we find out you know Yumiko is kind of in on this plan, and she's in with Pamela Milton, though though you know, working against her. Yeah, we'll get to more of that. Mercer interrogates Negan, who has shown up and asked for him. Um, Negan says Daryl sent him and tells him what Hornsby's doing out there. Mercer won't let him in because of the rules, but Negan doesn't think that's a very good excuse, and we'll see later that he actually talked him into just letting him stroll right into Commonwealth. Yeah. I'll be damned. Yeah. I, I, JDM is so good, man. I Dude, he, he really he is makes, hitting a stride this episode in all of his episodes. And, and I I see this performance, the back and forth between him and Mercer and Mercer's also excellent. But I just think back to all the really great actors we've had in this show. And I think what a fucking dumpster fire this show would be without that. It's been the oh one consistent God. thing where the- everybody who's been on the show has brought their A game with their acting.
1: The one thing that keeps this from being uh, the shittiest sci fi series you've ever seen is yes. the talent of the actors and the visual effects, or the practical visual effects, because I, I think the CGI department's a dumpster fire.
0: Oh sure, um,
1: sure. But yeah, like the the practical zombie effects and the quality of the actors that they like the one thing they do spend money on is mm-hmm. people that know how to fucking put on a scene. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan is always doing exactly what is called for him in this episode. Yes. And and the and the, the lines they give him, like he, he's got so many colorful things to refer to, um uh Hornsby and his goons, like shithead and the Dickless Brigade. <laughs> uh this suit, this suit and tie asshole and his clams and his clamshells. Like, his it's, clamshells, I, I, yeah. it's really funny. Really
0: funny. It is. It's great. And and JDM is crushing it and, and making everybody else look even better with his performance. Is
1: that a good punk rock band name? Shithead and the <laughs> Dickless Brigade. <laughs>
0: yes, it is. It doesn't sound very punk rock, but... Uh, But yeah, that's that's pretty much the extent of that scene there. Um, Then we go to babysitter Carol burning breakfast and looking over surveillance photos. She sees a mean looking guy walking through the protesters toward them and hides the children. Mean looking guy who
1: I'm pretty sure he was in on. He's also in. He was also in on the The Eugene Eugene operation with the fake
0: Stephanie. Yeah, so but I, I, fuck me if I remember him. Right. I particular. vaguely remembered it, but but yeah. His name's Calhoun, in case anybody cares. Uh, he enters Daryl's house, which is where Carol is babysitting here. Uh, he doesn't find anyone because they're all hiding in cupboards and on the window ledges. and <laughs> But he does find a picture of Judith with Daryl, so they decide to check out the school. I'm just thinking if I'm a protester down there and I look up and I see... A woman with a knife on the ledge because <laughs> yeah. she just looked out this same damn window and saw an entire crowd of people, right? If uh-huh, anybody yeah.
1: looks up, it's gonna look so weird yeah well i I think that's one of the things that they're selling in this is that the rank and file citizen are kind of cool with keeping because th- like they know they're 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 on well, not all of them, but a lot of them are on the bounce enough that they understand the government's doing some shady shit and maybe. Mm -hmm. maybe they wouldn't take sides against a fellow citizen because that literally comes up later on in the episode. Like Jerry gets caught dead to rights and, you know, apparently that woman, you know, plays ball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then there's, you know, the counterpoint with, um, well, it's not even a counterpoint, you know, somebody shouting, Hey, we've got Sebastian here. Well, but that's again, that's because they're, nobody cares.
1: That, that, that but that's also like that's uh, that's a government target, you know that's not ratting yeah, on yeah. a citizen that's no, like, totally. hey, this is the head asshole uh-huh. um, I really like Judith and Gracie doing the Jurassic Park, you know, hiding
0: hiding from the velociraptors in the kitchen cabinets, yeah. that was pretty cool I mean, we got Sebastian here, it was also supposed to be a Jurassic Park reference, it just didn't work out, sorry really? Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, Newman saying Got the Dobson. Oh, Dobson, okay. Got Dobson I thought here. you better, See, okay. Gotcha.
1: You're you're, you're Jurassic Park reference, gotcha. Because yeah.
0: nobody does care in that scene. Like nobody ah. goes. Wait, I heard the name Sebastian, and somebody's shouting, "We got him! He's right here." That's true. No one ever even turns an eye toward them. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. They didn't get it. Didn't didn't get started before the cop shut it all down.
0: Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this Carol hiding the kids hiding in the cupboards. Yeah, it's all good. Um. Oh, in, in the transition to the next scene, there's a
1: scene where the <laughs> the ice cream shop is still open in the <laughs> middle of all the civil unrest. And there's these people buying ice cream and they are putting on such a stink face about, oh, my God, look at these people protesting. Don't th- yeah. I just want my rocky road like so people just want to eat ice cream. I get yeah, it. Yeah, they sh- they, but they showed the different strata of cities. Like, these are the, probably the well-off, kind of, like, mm-hmm. busy middle-class people. They're just like, God damn it. We got re- Do you understand that six the six years ago we were running from horrifying flesh-eating monsters, and now we have Rocky Road? Show some fucking respect. You know, they're very law-and-order types, these people.
0: And you know how I know they're middle-class, upscale kind of people? They're wearing an She's, wearing, she's, LL wearing, a she's oh. wearing a hat. She's wearing a hat. I didn't see any of those protesters wearing anything other than trucker that's caps. True. She's wearing this that's fancy true. lady hat. Fancy lady
1: hat equals oppressor class, a hundred percent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh,
0: I I do want to say you might not have caught it, but these people work for Hornsby, um, and we know that because they heard the name Dixon on the radio, and and there's some dialogue in here that says like the only name I that came through was Daryl. Yeah, and that's supposed to be. A callback to the previous scene where Hornsby tried to radio them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's it's pretty subtle. I, I only caught it on second watch, actually. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you remember Calhoun from previous episodes, then you might know that he works for Hornsby, but... Makes sense. I did not remember him either. All right. Uh, yeah, Jerry spots Negan inside the Commonwealth and takes him to Carol. This is the ice cream scene. This is the scene of Negan just kind of taking in the atmosphere of a bustling city environment listening to a protest crowd these are sounds he has not heard yeah. since the old world Yeah, I, I gotta imagine I can't imagine how surreal that is right you come from an outside like encampment of a few dozen people and suddenly you right. hear a city like a
1: full on civilization yeah right in the throes of civil unrest yeah it's
0: like, <laughs> you gotta be mind-blowing
1: it is it is wild and also Jeffrey Dean Morgan when when Jerry's uh, you know says hey we're gonna go find Carol and he goes takes off with the kids Jeffrey Dean Morgan engages his hips and legs a full second before his head and shoulders follow it's like (laughs) glorious it's like you know that like kind of Hmm. Bob but like a mobile you know like the way his like kind of recline and bounce except for he was moving with it Uh ah chef's kiss no
0: notes nice All right, Hornsby's guy finds a signal. This is the one he sent to to radio out. But he's unable to get a message back to Commonwealth before Maggie kills him and destroys the radio, kind of. She just tosses it.
1: I think it breaks. I made a pretty good breaking noise. Also with an assist from uh, Negan's wife, Annie. Uh Uh-huh. Bold move introducing character this uh, late in the game, but uh, I like her. She got she got she got really Moxie.
0: introduction. I don't know. We saw her hiding in the apartment. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, she was. But,
1: but like, but, but still, like that was like she had like what? Three lines, you know, they yeah, established that it's, it's it's neat. So and she's uh, pregnant with Negan's uh, child. Like it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. a lot of storyline to dish out in the last eight episodes.
0: Uh, yeah. And then we come back. We're, we're kind of jumping all over the place here. But we're back in the Commonwealth where Negan tells Carol all about what happened with Hornsby uh, he thinks they're going after the kids. So Carol has Jerry take him, uh, take them to hide in an attic and then get word to the, the others. And then Egan and Carol head off to, quote unquote, get some insurance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they've all like, you know, they've been planning for some kind of resistance all this time. Jerry's got a stash house, it's fully equipped, a safe house.
0: They've been surveilling people. I mean, they, mm-hmm. these shots, I they get those
1: pictures, that- sure.
0: Uh, they've been taking, yeah. Uh, they're doing a pretty good job portraying like the plan going on in the background, the wheels spinning there, or the 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 gears turning. What's the yeah? Showing spinning. like them figuring out like the Hornsby is
1: exposed because mm-hmm. like if he wasn't, he would have already you know we'd already be in deep shit. But he's playing it cool because he's coloring outside the lines, which lets us have and like yeah. I mean, damn, this was this is some pretty coherent plotting from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. in
0: season 11 C they've got contingency plans probably for if Pamela Milton comes at him. Um, but they can be just as effective if Hornsby does. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. But,
1: the uh, you know, where they're wanting insurance, they don't really tell us what that is, but it's going to become very mm-hmm. clear in the next scene that they're going to look for Sebastian, the ultimate, uh,
0: trading shit. Yeah. So we go back to the protests where, um, Pamela Milton comes out and they confront her. They want Sebastian, but she won't or, or more likely can't give him up because she doesn't know where she, where he is, really. Uh, Yumiko steps in with the promise to find out what happened and to keep them updated, which seems to to satiate them a bit. Yeah, a lot asks, better
1: than Pamela's uh, hitting them with the Clinton, I feel your pain kind of yeah. baloney. Can we talk about Miko and how she went from, like, 27 years old to 45 in, like, a season? The way her hair is cut and the outfit she's wearing. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's, domesticated
0: uh, now, man. She was feral before. Now. Oh, okay. So. She's out there in that zombie world. Now she's she's back in her element.
1: Well, domestication puts a lot of miles on the tire, apparently, because <laughs> she's guess. looking very, very, uh, uh, uh yeah, like middle aged, like advanced middle aged PTO mom.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's an age gap in that relationship with Magna.
1: It's true. And what are you gonna do? It's true. It didn't look as didn't look as a parent before she started, uh, you know, shopping at the I don't know fucking. Kmart lady suit collection I, This is uh-huh. there's there's something interesting so it's like kind of slightly dated about I think that's one thing they're more like Pamela Is wearing bespoke Shit that like tailors are making up And like the middle class is wearing Off the rack fashion that was Scavenged but mm-hmm. nice You know yeah but It, it does it does look uh, like Something she threw together from the Goodwill
0: Their polo shirts and their fancy lady hats Yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Yumiko, like I said, steps in. Pamela asks Yumiko if Connie might've written the report about Sebastian and Yumiko just fumbles this fucking ball. Like you just gave yourself away saying, nah, she couldn't have had anything to do with that. You say maybe, but I haven't talked to her in a while. Or you say she might've, I don't know. Well, then as, as soon as all uh, again, this isn't a public facility in front
1: of this whole crowd. And Pamela like turns her back on her and um, Yumiko starts making these crazy faces like, oh, God, I can't believe what if I uh, and I'm like, I keep on waiting for someone to be like, hey, I spoke slutty making faces like, you know, she hates, I guess, you. She hates yeah. you. Also, yeah, there's a crazy
0: lady on a window ledge with a knife. <laughs> what are we doing about that? <laughs>
1: We got we got Santa Claus's <laughs> wife out there with the kitchen knife and, and your spokesperson making eyeballs at. Yeah, no, there was a uh, mm-hmm. keep it together, Miko. Come on. Come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Put up put up at least a little bit of a front here. Get some your uh, poker face going, Lady Gaga. Come on. And Pamela obviously, you know, catches on to all this that even her own team is not on her side and goes outside. See some graffiti and radios for a B14, which I think is just a vitamin shot her weekly vitamin shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Or it, for it's sure. her next move in her play by radio battleship game that she's been playing against Eugene. Mhm. Yeah. Or maybe it's her favorite combo at the Commonwealth McDonald's. I don't know. It's a B14. Can I so so B14 clearly is the lockdown. Yes, of course.
1: Did you think a little bit muddied the waters that there is apparently an actual zombie crisis?
0: No. Oh, here's what I think happens. I think they wrangle zombies. They send oh, really? them in. I think Pamela who's has... wrangling?
1: Does she have another uh, team of dirty damn. tricks? As, like Mer- I don't think Mercer's in on it. I think
0: Mercer is a straight, straight, straight Fuck. arrow. See, that's the smart play. If If Walking Dead were a little bit smarter, they have Pamela creating these herds. They have Pamela that that has yeah, herds. No, no, no. In I, I agree. I agree. So that she can quell any kind of uprising in the name of safety, right? As cover.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I thought that they were going to establish that there's a B-9, but there just never was a zombie threat. But then they cut away to like a pretty big zombie herd and like Mercer's having to deal with it. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're fuck. right. Mercer would be the guy
0: to do that. Maybe like, the thing is, like, it.
1: there's always a like maybe it's a pretext that like it was a zombie, but like not that big of a deal. But they flipped the fucking Jeep and killed two of the troopers. So like
0: maybe, maybe why? I don't know. Does she use be for that somehow? It's just weird
1: if, like, you know, the government, you know, you're having a crackdown, and they're like, uh, you know, you guys all gotta go home because there's a deadly chlorine gas that's gonna roll down through the streets, and you, you guys gotta trust us. And the protesters are like, ah, fuck you. And then the deadly chlorine gas starts rolling down the streets. Like, oh shit! I guess uh. it's the one time the government was telling the truth. It was, I yeah, I, I because like, I guess I would believe that she would have a dirty tricks team, but I thought that was Sebastian.
0: Yeah. no, I'm not Sebastian hey Mercer. Uh, Hornsby. Oh, oh, Hornsby. Yeah, and he's out of the picture at the moment. So Yeah, I don't think Mercer would
1: would suppress the, the citizens no. on some kind of pretext. Like he's not he's the opposite of that far gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um so yeah, I I don't I don't know. That was my assumption, but you're right. It couldn't really make a lot of sense here. Well, it is The Walking Dead. So it's just a huge coincidence as is The Walking Dead's uh way
1: no, I, I, but I, no, I think I think you're actually right. I just think that that was a little bit muddy and sloppy. And to the extent that that, you know, um, people watching this think that the government is got a point, then it might it, it it might actually fuck up the story they're trying to tell. But whatever. It wasn't it wasn't that big a deal.
0: Yeah. All right. You Miko tells Magna that Pamela suspects Connie was behind the report. And then she tells Magna to have an exit strategy for her and Tomi. And the shit hits the fan. But Magnus says, we are not leaving without you. And until then, until this next shoe drops, we'll just have to wait. And they do it. They wait in this scene. They wait long enough that the lockdown is initiated. The other shoe drops. Uh, Yes, this is the B-14 that Pamela calls for. They haven't codified, codified, which means Uh that this is something that happens. Well, not necessarily something that happens regularly. But I think Pamela mentions they've done this many times before. Probably later scene.
1: I mean, of course they have, it's a zombie apocalypse. There's the, the, just like you might get a, you know, a hurricane warning in Florida. It's, you know, the, yeah. the, there's, there's herds. Then they, they, they pose threats.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, uh, but it does make me also think that they use this at opportune moments. Mm, uh, maybe they have never
1: had to before though. Cause I, I feel like this maybe. is really the first kind of big crisis that they've, they faced. Yeah. But, first big challenge to her sovereignty here. Yeah. Um, I don't like Magneto and Miko <laughs> being cute again. Like Miko right. dodged a fucking bullet. Ma- Magneto. The reason we hate you is not because you're stubborn. It's because you're fucking stupid and you like and decide this yep. and selfish. And you decide to steal on your own recognizance half the uh, uh, of settlement supplies and stash it away. And mm-hmm. you know, violate the get everybody in trouble. Like it's it's yeah, and trying to make this cutesy. <laughs> ah. all yeah, all the I things, don't. all
0: the weak qualities that, that people are hated for. You have them all.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't forgotten. I haven't. It's been a
0: while, but I haven't forgotten all your <laughs> bullshit. And the one good quality you have is you like to fight. Is that a good quality? <laughs> Yumiko seems to think it is. Hmm. Uh but yeah, it's I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I'm not on board the Yumiko and Magneto train. <laughs> and it's
1: like you never seem to mind. Are you kidding me? I remember like three separate fights about how much she hated this bullshit about you. You know, mm-hmm. and you eventually broke up. Does this ring a bell? Don't let her back in, Miko. Don't let her back in. It's a trap. It's a trap. She's appearing reasonable so she can rope you back into her bullshit. Uh You're a competent competent bow woman and a highly trained lawyer. You don't have to put Uh up
0: with this shit from an ex-con. I agree. All right, Walker's head toward the Commonwealth. One of Pamela's guys, whose name is Henderson, we'll find out later, tells the protesters that there's a herd outside and lockdown is in effect, so they need to disperse and get to their houses. In the crowd, Jerry and the kids are spotted by mean-looking man, uh, Calhoun, and they lose him with the help of the crowd, though.
1: Yeah, there's a consistent theme here that like sometimes you just have to in situations like this, you have to kind of like rely on the goodness and trust of your neighbors and community, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that you can't you you can't do it alone. You need accomplices. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool.
0: And I don't feel like this is a pre planned thing where everybody knows the go code, right? If somebody comes up, if you see Jerry and he says, we're being followed, that you step in and, and intercept. He's just like, no. These are people with common cause. And he says, yeah, because they're all hey, at the protest. That's actress. the key yeah. thing.
1: You know, you're not you're not running in the ice cream stand people. These are all people who are <laughs> right. like, fuck the government. Fuck the Miltons. Hey, there's official looking. There's official narc cop looking
0: it, people coming. at us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just just run interference. You know that. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: I, it's, it's pretty it was, good writing. Really cool. I liked it. Good setup. Mm hmm. Uh, Negan and Carol go to the city planning department to look for plans for Union Station. She's trying to figure out where Sebastian is hiding. And Negan tells Carol that he got married and has a baby on the way, which she has almost no reaction to. She does comfort him. Like, you know, this is the guy who mass murdered a bunch of them. Like,
1: I... I, I think they she's are kind still salty of on about a, him. Sure. And distrustful, yeah. But also she's fucked him over pretty good. He's done some uh-huh. leal service to the community on several occasions, and I think she's this is some normalization of a relationship at this point.
0: Yeah. And and I like seeing Negan worried. Um yeah. it it now that he has something to live for, right? Skin in he's, the game. Mm-hmm feeling like he's got to step up and do things right and it's nice to see Carol comforting him you know in their own weird way yeah there there seems like there's some healing happening here and I'm enjoying watching it Daryl and Maggie hide from the Commonwealth Troopers and they talk about their lost loves for a second until Gabriel Aaron and Annie show up and suggest that they traverse the sewers to sneak up on Hornsby Uh, I don't remember exactly how Leah went out did Daryl have to put her down uh-huh. So what happened, was that in the cabin? He, like, shot her in the head or something because she was attacking Yeah, Maggie. she definitely shot her. She died of the big old pool of blood. Right, right. She was attacking Maggie, had the upper hand, and Daryl came in and saved her, right? Uh-huh. I think that's that's true. Okay.
1: But I like this, you know, like, um, they're going to get some more money out of their subway set that they built uh, a couple of years back. Uh, yeah. Redressing all this to go into the sewers, and uh, I, I thought it was kind of cool.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. For Prestige, me and Aaron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week, absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango. What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday, join us
1: for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood and the on-screen action for Season 1 and what they mean for the characters, story, and setting. Get your Valerian Steel sharpened for the new season.
0: You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app.
1: We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon season two, and it's time
0: to prepare for war, which in our case means, well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood each week between now and June
1: 16th. Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D season one, and then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's
0: right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm
1: yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then.
0: Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeney. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeny finally makes an appearance on Why Is Mr. Feeny a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, the very special isn't your speed. We've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find why is Mr. Feeny a car each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd.
0: And now back with more Bald Move. Jerry moves the kids um, onto a fire escape as he's trying to hide them. And mean looking man has an idea where they are because Jerry can't keep from kicking his feet. (laughs) <laughs> raining down straw and pine needles and shit on on the guy. Mm-hmm. Christ, man, just stay still. What are you kicking around up there for? <laughs> if it was a kid, I'd understand it. But it's a big
1: body. He's got to make. He's got to make himself small, man. He's got to got to wiggle around until he makes himself small. Still.
0: I I refuse to believe that big body comes with herky jerky motions.
1: Well, that's not my lived experience as a big body. <laughs> Game. You know, maybe medium body me people uh, have a yeah. lot more control over the, the fucking constant bodily avalanche that is our existence. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're messy. We spill around. Uh, Fair. I, I like to see. You know why? You know huh.
0: why? Because these are kid?
1: smart, responsible, sober children that have an appropriate amount of mm. fear about their position. And they fucking listen to the authority figure who is himself competent. And responsible and resourceful. And there's no. Judith Grimes. Sh- there's no.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, she's the actual one in charge. <laughs> right. Cause but no, isn't like, it, is it, is it just refreshing that like these kids don't like fucking just mm-hmm. just act a fool and and cause bad shit to happen? Like, I haven't seen kids this squared away since the island community. And uh, uh what was it? Uh, what was the quiet? The quiet place too. Oh, remember yeah. when those letters say, hey, uh, sit in this closet and shut the fuck up because the sound monsters are here. And those kids just sat in the closet and shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. Unlike every other kid in that movie. Yeah, I like this. I, I I like it. I like it when there's just not annoying shit happening. Thank you. Thank you, Walking Dead.
0: I didn't notice, but you're right. They they just play the game, play mm-hmm. exactly how they need to.
1: And there again, Gary, Jerry has to force the trust in the neighbors and the community to, to shelter him and safeguard him. I, I wonder if they'll ever subvert that that they'll try mm-hmm. to pull that shit with, like, an ice cream social couple. Yeah. And they'll get burnt. I'm
0: watching where the cones are at. Mm-hmm. Just say that. Yeah. Right, Rosita has suited up, and she rolls out with Mercer to deal with the walkers amassing at the gates. Or he- headed toward the town. They they don't even really amass at the gates. They're kind of way far out still. Uh, then- uh, yeah.
1: it, 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 it It's... It's really funny that they established that they're first of all, they're driving these really sweet G.I. Joe toy Jeeps. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. I like it. Also, they established that there's a whole squad. Everyone's wearing full helmet like you should going out into battle with zombies, except, except. for Mercer and Rosita. Mm-hmm. The heroes are just not going to wear they're just, they're, We're doing Warhammer 40K rules. All the cool people just
0: don't wear helmets. Yeah. I mean, this is a TV trope. It's, it's yeah. going to be how it's going to be. But you're right. It's dumb. But I I love these like MASH era
1: Jeeps with the 50 cals welded to the back. It's I was very charmed. It's very, very uh, throwback old school. Cool.
0: Let me ask you this. What is the point of giving Mercer distinctive red armor if he's not even going to wear the helmet? Like the point of giving him the colored armor is so he stands out and you can tell, hey, that's Mercer. But they always have him with his helmet off anyway.
1: Yeah, and he's pretty. I mean, honestly, he doesn't need the armor. He's huge. He like he's sticks like a out f- head taller than everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a very striking individual. I agree. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's silly.
0: Yeah, uh, it's. Yeah, I would say to sell action figures, but I don't think they make action figures of these guys. I could be wrong.
1: Oh no, there's no way. McFarland's had to have had at least a series of it. There's you, you just got to be a. a there's got to be a Mercer bobblehead
0: or something, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't maybe. Know. I don't go looking for those sorts of things on The Walking True. Dead. Uh, Daryl and Maggie's team sneak through the sewers. They find a former survivor camp and decide to lure Hornsby down to them by firing a gun. Everyone covers da- their ears for this, except for Daryl, who is too cool to cover. Uh, apparently, badasses have hearing damage. That's what I'm learning. Yeah, oh it is no, Daryl to have hearing damage. <laughs> It's super impressive
1: that he can track as well as he does because it's just like there's just this, this Yeah going in his ears the whole time. Yeah.
0: Being around Herschel as long as he was, firing yes. this shotgun right right next to oh, people's hell heads. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's and that's Rick shooting two. off the
1: three fifty seven in the prison all the time. Like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. he he doesn't need hearing protection. There's no hearing left to protect, man. <laughs> it's got Fair. you don't lock you don't lock the bank vault after the Joker stole all the
0: money. Uh which it must have been it must have been such a refreshing thing when Kelly and Connie show up for him. That that's why he's right. so that's into why Kelly he's and so Connie. keen to
1: learn. Yeah, he needs he he sees the writing on the yeah. wall. He
0: needs he's <laughs> gonna have
1: to have another way to communicate. <laughs> he knows. Uh surely my friend, the horror movie buff, recognized the obvious Freddy Krueger homage.
0: Yes. It's it's hard to pick out because the sweater is so covered in junk. But there is definitely a zombie wearing a red and black striped sweater and his face is burnt up just like Freddy Krueger.
1: Burnt. It's yeah. Like if if he had the hat on, it'd be too much. But it was a nice, subtle. Yeah. I wonder if they will be like because the uh, Nicotero has done this before. Where he's put in homages to other other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder they'd be awesome if every single episode had a discrete reference to a
0: classic horror movie yeah you mean from here on out or yeah in the back catalog
1: oh okay had Casey Jones so I guess we're we got Friday the 13th uh-huh. uh, ticked off but but yeah yeah I would like I would I would like to see that that'd be a fun little challenge
0: yeah uh, he, I'm sure he's always looking for places he can put those little nods in mm-hmm um Carol and Negan find a wall with a hidden door and they open it and find Sebastian sleeping inside they wake him up and tell him we're taking you home to your mommy he says i don't want to go but negan claims carol can help him this is the do you know who i am scene which is so good and also he's just so
1: this fucking asshole these guys bust in and he doesn't even think he's he's so secure in his position that he doesn't even think he's in any danger it's more of like you know, well, how'd you guys get in here? Why is it not like, oh my God, I'm fucked. These guys, these, these serious tough people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But what a great line. He does go for the gun. you know who I am?
1: He does go for the gun and Negan just steps on him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought that, I thought him going like, how'd you guys get in here? And pretending to be all groggy and stuff was his way of like luring them into a false insecurity as he gets that gun. But I don't know if he's that clever. Is he that smart? He's also kind of a dipshit, so he probably not. He is a not. big
1: dipshit. I thought he was a little bit just leftover drunk. Probably. Um, but yeah, and then, and then uh, you know, him his, <laughs> trying to throw his little pity party about, oh, you know, I'm Mr. Kid, I'm the com- I, I've got a rich mommy, and it's so hard to understand. And Negan just, like, shuts him, I uh, was like, look, man, Uh, I see you're pissing in car- I see you in here pissing in jars. Call me fucking nuts. Maybe you need to rethink your options. Mm-hmm. And he says that... <laughs> Carol's a magician. I've seen her straight up pull rabbits out of her ass, and she's throwing you a life raft. You better jump in and save yourself. Just a just a great little little rant monologue rant by Negan here.
0: I absolutely love Carol's reaction to I've seen her pull bunnies out of her ass with my own mm-hmm. two eyes. She just yep. the the narrowing of the eyes. It's it's so subtle, but it's yeah. so
1: good. Yeah, she's on the right side of a Negan mon, you know mon, uh, monologue now. Yeah
0: novel experience. It's after a curfew and the protesters are holding a vigil. Pamela's goons show up to send him home and some leave. Others stand their ground and demand Sebastian. Just then, Negan and Carol walk by with Sebastian and one of the protesters spots him, starts shouting, hey, we got got Dobson here. Uh, The vigil crowd is dispersed with gas and none of that seems to go anywhere. Why have this guy point out Sebastian if no one ever acknowledges it no one makes a move I think he runs off and tries to follow but yeah
1: Negan Negan stops him and like corners him and, and delays him and then a soldier gets involved and knocks him down and they start gassing so I thought like were it not for Negan he probably could have gotten some commotion started but Negan kind of put the kibosh on it and also se- it it adds some interest that it separates Negan from the group
0: But it doesn't prevent it doesn't prevent any of their plan from going off exactly. Sure, The the one thing it does is separates Negan from Carol
1: and and add some urgency because like it was happening like they were.
0: It was just, you know, is almost too easy before. But I expect I guess they they wanted to have it both ways. They didn't want the protest party to take up arms against Sebastian in this moment and start hunting him and Carol Yeah. But they wanted to separate Carol and Negan for whatever yeah. reasons and and create that urgency. I just felt like they needed to have at least some fat, some portion of this protest crowd. Take note of a guy screaming, I found Sebastian. He's right here behind you. Turn around, you dumb fucks. Yeah, we've got everything we want. It's right here in front of us.
1: You might be right. I I thought. I thought that maybe a couple of people turned to see what the commotion was, and that the commotion is ended as, as soon as it was, it, and, and it did because of her, uh, Negan's sacrifice. Because he does yeah, get brutalized by this maybe. cop. I'm like this cop just want, like just like pushes yeah. him down, busts him in the pistol face, pistol whips him, yeah, rifle butts him, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: rifle butts him, even. It's even worse. It's the uppercase yeah. version of being t- pistol whipped. <laughs> I, I didn't read it that way, but sure, maybe maybe that was their intention.
1: Uh, it's, it's early in the season. I'm not, I'm, I'm say I'm not ready to uncork all the vitriol yet,
0: (laughs) but it is very late in the game, man. If we're not uncorking vitriol after 11 seasons, I don't know what to do.
1: Oh, I'm saving it. I'm, I'm saving it, (laughs) saving it in the fridge. just cooling it down. Oh yeah. It's going to be vintage vitriol. Yeah. Sparkling
0: vitriol. All right. Let's uh, go over to Mercer guiding his team to deal with the herd. Rosita tells him that her family is a priority and he respects that so much that he promises to help her get out of Commonwealth when she needs to. And then his idiot team gets in trouble and they drive off to save him. Oh, boy. We'll talk yeah. about that scene here in a second, but let's talk oh, okay. about the lead okay. up here. No, uh, I
1: think Mercer's a stand-up dude and he's starting to, like, there's been a slow drip-drip of, you know, Princess who's got a rom- romantic relationship has talked about, like, come on, dude. You got to have your eyes open. His sister is involved in this uh, resistance movement. Um, and, you know, like Rosita points out, how did the zombies avoid the perimeter again? Which goes to your point that this is uh, Pamela. She must have other dirty t- tricks
0: team other than. Uh, well, so, so here's my thinking now that you've kind of poured cold water on that. Rightfully so, I think. Uh Hornsby's off on this mission with a lot of goons, a Bravo team. I wonder yeah. if it wasn't Bravo team's responsibility to be out there Ooh. keeping this herd from forming, and because Hornsby is off on another mission with them, because Mercer said somebody wasn't doing their job, and I think that could be the team he took to ta- to chase down Maggie and Glenn or Maggie and Daryl. Yeah. Plus, you've got if you got field
1: unit Bravo. And you got a base Charlie whiskey that implies a field unit alpha. Okay. Yeah. So there probably are multiple dirty trick teams that are, that are, that are maybe all under Hornsby's collective command, or maybe they're under other people's collective command. Uh, Cause even, yeah, even Hornsby had that crazy XCI CIA guy that right, was kind right. of like his dirty tricks guy. So yeah,
0: there probably is. She's got other people that she can call. She could, or it could have just been a gap in their defenses because Hornsby was out with Bravo team.
1: Oh, but I see. I th- well, it, either way, it works into another doubt of Mercer has in this system because Razita's is like, isn't it kind of mm-hmm. convenient and weird that this is going on? And yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, but he he should know his team is incompetent. I, I I lose respect for Mercer every time his team does something stupid because he's the man who's supposed to be training them and preparing him for these things. And he's like, "Oh, somebody wasn't doing their job." I'm like, "That reflects poorly on their leader, frankly." Uh, yeah, and you're that's their true. leader, Mercer. And my God, let's get to this next scene, the the, the continuation <laughs> of the scene. Mercer and Rosita show up to help thin the herd. And, and and what I hope is the dumbest of Mercer's remaining guys gets pulled apart by walkers, because if he isn't the dumbest, then your team is doomed, man. I don't know whether
1: their that that dr- their driver was Lori Grimes in disguise because
0: <laughs> Yeah. They, they, they helped so us that what's so great said, is it, it, we, we they, they said Jesus take the wheel and Jesus was busy and so he sent the ghost of Lori Grimes to take the <laughs> wheel instead. And it, she put it in the ditch.
1: Uh, I'm here to burn pancakes and flip vehicles with no obstructions and I'm all (laughs) out of pancakes. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's crazy because they also have like, we've, we praised about, you know, they got these new drone technology that gives them these really impressive kind of like, uh, crane shots of the surrounding. They've used great effect and they do this Mm -hmm. here to set the scene and you can see that unless they flipped over like a sagebrush. This is the flattest, most unbroken, unchallenging Mm -hmm. in a four wheel drive vehicle to completely fucking flip it over. No zombies around. It's not like they stopped and the zombies started rocking it. They just flipped this thing over in good visibility, (laughs) perfect weather, excellent driving conditions, four wheel drive.
0: I've got a hypothesis. So I want to hear it. They've got a hot a hot rod driver who thinks he's tough. Right. And then thinks Uh. he's cool and likes likes the hot rod a little bit in the Jeep. They mounted these guns yesterday, and so his center of gravity on the vehicle oh, is off.
1: Oh, t- t- more top-heavy than they th- is thinking, yeah.
0: Yeah, he tried to do a cool stunt, put it up on two wheels, and he just flipped the thing, because he wasn't Mm-mm. prepared.
1: Well, you didn't You didn't look very cool, and now you're getting pulled in half like a fortune cookie. And it, oh, and, man, oh, this is God. about the best pulled in half I've ever seen in a zombie show, and I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot, yes. Jim.
0: Yeah, it's incredible, but maybe the more incredible fact about that is... Not only do they flip the vehicle in an entirely open field, but this guy manages to get surrounded and surprised by walkers in a straight-up open field. Yeah, he could just run. He could just walk away. Walk backwards and keep. He's shooting, got full man. armor. Like
1: if one of them <laughs> grabs him, armor. like it, he's got a gun. He's got a bayonet. Uh, he's got, he's got Mercer back-hill? right. Yeah, he's got like like yeah. He just has to walk. He has to walk at a brisk pace. For uh-huh. like 20, 30 feet and he's fine And like Mercer's just looking at this guy like he can't even believe it Yeah, I'm, I'm playing Pul- tug of war The zombie
0: And uh, <laughs> And the zombies win thankfully Hopefully the dumbest of them is dead now uh, You know what's amazing to me? The legacy of The Walking Dead How they continue to come up with entirely new Implausible scenarios for people <laughs> Getting snuck up on by by Zombies it, Yeah, it, it's, well, it's one this thing is when a... it's in the woods It's an entirely other thing when it's in an open field
1: this is a Greg Nicotero special. This is a direct, directed by Greg Nicotero, and he's famous for this. Also, like uh, they use a tracking shot again to show them dispersing. I shit you not, Mercer drives right into the zombie crowd, <laughs> trying to trying to ba- get get out of the place. He's got like yeah. all, any way he could go. There's like. Out of 360 degrees of movement ahead of him, like 35 of those degrees are obstructed by zombie. He drives mm. right in that arc <laughs> and they cut it. But like, yeah, I think he's just going to get hung up on
0: zombies.
1: Jesus. Uh,
0: Maybe he's relying on Rosita. He trusts her so implicitly that eh, she'll yeah. take him out. She's got the 50 cow. The 50 cow. Rosita on the 50 cow. Oh, go ahead. It, it's cool. Uh, I agree. I think yes. you're about to say it's pretty awesome. Yes. It is. But you want to talk about hearing damage. Mercer's oh wearing no God. hearing protection and she is firing that thing off inches right from over his, his head.
1: head. Yeah. And also while we're bagging on things, the digital squib effects, not great.
0: Oh, something I didn't notice. Oh, and
1: in the broad daylight, they just don't. They they looked really bad. Um I, I kind of wish they would use I know it's there's probably safety concerns, and a whole bunch of other stuff, but like, man, sometimes, sometimes you just can't, you can't beat the the blood squibs firing everywhere. They look really good in a way yeah. that these just don't. What yeah, kind of purple? Squibs. Very Klingon blood from like Star Trek Six. it's Not, not okay. great.
0: Hmm. Damn, I didn't notice. Yeah, I, I will say two two good things here. Like you mentioned, this guy getting torn apart. I. It almost wasn't the fact that it was so gory and so cool looking. It was that they're stretching this idiot out and killing him <laughs> because I, by this time I, had, I really hated this guy. Yeah, he deserved it. You turn him into long pork. That's what I want to see. Uh, and then the shot, the overhead shot of the drones. I thought it was a super cool shot. Like, d- despite Mercer driving straight into the walkers, I think showing the, the herd split off and go after the two Jeeps that are driving different directions was very cool. Yeah. Like it just good looks beard. awesome.
1: It did. It did. It looked pretty good. And then Mercer drives right into the, the, the one front uh, that he <laughs> right. just created. Yeah. So th-
0: they've been putting that drone camera to good use, I would say. There's a lot no, of stuff I've... at Hilltop that looked amazing because of it. This looks great. Yeah.
1: I was thinking that shot of them creeping through the 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 misty moor in like what was that season uh-huh. nine or mid season ten? Yeah, they, they've they've gotten some. Like I said, they've I, I they've really elevated their game with the drone stuff and the dolly shots and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Some sometimes it tells on them though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the more clearly we see it, the more we know. Uh, Yumiko disagrees with Pamela over the lockdown. Then Carol and Sebastian show up. Pamela's pissed at Sebastian, but Carol offers Pamela another target for her anger. Lance Hornsby.
1: Yeah, she's just enabling this guy. She's hitting the bottle, right? You know, like uh, you, you, you never when times are bad, you just stay sober, save the save the drink and and the booze and the, the mind altering substances when times are good. She's hitting the bottle. Shocking you, yeah. Miko, because apparently it's early in the day. Uh, She's also saying, oh, yeah, maybe my son's a bit of a renegade. Uh, but so was, was his grandfather and uncle, and they became leader of men. And sure, his youthful rebellions are happening later. Yeah, this kid's not a teenager; he's like twenty seven years old, right? And right. he's not a renegade; he's a dipshit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> renegades can get shit done. Uh, this guy can't do anything but but kill fucking housewives and other civilians, trying yeah. to steal money out of rich people's houses. It's it's crazy. Yeah, but again. Somehow, Yumiko has risen from the ranks of the, the the newly liberated to being Pamela's top lawyer, and she's like, "How can I trust my top lawyer whose friends or my my lawyer with the friends who's the, the whose friends is the top journalist?" I'm like, "How can you trust her? Period. You've known her for three weeks, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, good surely question. there's
1: other people in this office that you've been with longer and." can write a press release like again Yumiko did not do anything impressive she did the no. bare minimum PR disaster recovery cover your ass we need some we need to stall for time press release that that was beyond Pamela Milton of course they never yeah they never they never actually say that she's a great politician She's just got great politicians mm-hmm. in her family
0: right uh, yeah and he was kind of a shit politician too he just kept getting elected
1: Mm, yeah, right. well, we, that happens in America from time yeah, to time. Yeah.
0: True. Which I, I guess, you know, keep continuing to get elected is the definition of a good politician. But
1: Well, or gerrymandered do? to fuck
0: district, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, senators get it done. Uh, Hornsby's guys in the final scene here go into the sewer and get ambushed by Daryl, or by a couple of the our survivors uh then hornsby ambushes a back but daryl triple stamps the double ambush by putting a knife to hornsby's <laughs> neck i think they get quadruple ambushed here and then uh-huh. the episode
1: ends i mean hornsby at the end of this crazy exchange i think he thinks he's winning because he's got a big old smile but he's <laughs> but got a knife to that yeah. smile like he's, he's, daryl's
0: about to give him an extra smile on but his yeah, neck yeah
1: yeah, yeah daryl can end you right now you might yeah. They might die too, but like there's no way that you walk away from this without Daryl being happy,
0: right? And Daryl will do it to help Judith, to save Judith. He will end you oh, hell and yeah. end his own life too. Yeah. I mean he won't because he's got a spin-off show coming, but
1: yeah, I do wonder. I I did wonder like what how did this go so wrong for our heroes? Like they how did they botch the how did they botch they the ambush I, so badly?
0: I feel like they're they're trying to tell a story here of of two very smart competent people, people outplaying each other. each other yeah yeah
1: yeah okay and, and they're doing an right. okay job of it yeah I, I think Hornsby's pretty smart uh uh-huh. he may maybe he's he's I think he's definitely out of his element now mm-hmm. and every time he loses pieces of his team every time he loses guys like his uh, CIA friend like he gets a little bit weaker but he's still pretty formidable. It is funny him charging in with his little 38 special six shot revolver. (laughs) Like Uh he's got all these dudes in hulking body armor and, you know, high powered ammo and lots of it, 30 round plus clips. And he's just running around in this little Saturday night special chart, charging in for first one into, I guess. Yeah. He's leading from the front. They're not not going
0: to respect you if you don't put some skin in the game. It's sure. You got
1: to be wearing a three piece and be bringing a shoddy wheel
0: gun. <laughs> sure. Uh yeah, but that's that's where we end it. They're all they're the quadruple ambush. It's the ultimate Mexican standoff, I guess. Uh down here in the sewers.
1: Yeah. I'm going to say it's a indeterminate ethnic or national origin standoff cuz I have no idea if that's offensive, but Yeah. Fair.
0: Uh, <laughs> fair. I don't know either.
1: Uh, wait, let us know. Watching dead of baldmove dot com mm-hmm. if you'd like to send us feedback. I will say we are extraordinarily busy. We are running at maximum bald move capacity and we will be doing so over the next two or three weeks. It's entirely possible we might do a limited run of feedback or none at all until we're on yeah. the other side of at least the rings of power, which we've got two more weeks of. Um so it might be a week or two before we get to your guys's thoughts, but uh, go ahead and send them in. Watching Dead at baldmove.com. and who knows if we have some time, um, especially in the first weeks. So why why the coverage is getting going, and there's not a, I might be able to fit it in into the end of the episode, but uh, mm-hmm. no promises because like I said, I oof boy we've been we've we've been super busy. Um, yeah. But yeah, well uh, we already got another one ready to go. Uh, I think the plan is now that we're back to being a week ahead through the AMC plus is that we're gonna have these things releasing date and time of the of the the you know the AMC release when it's broadcast on television, I should say. Yeah. So yeah. be looking for our coverage of uh season eleven, episode eighteen Sunday night. Again, one final time, watching dot move.com for feedback. Follow us on Twitter.com/slash bald move if you want to stay. Uh, up on everything that uh, we're covering also if you're a big fan of dragons and spaceships and zombies consider following us on our uh, 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 roll-up feed or catch-all feed for that stuff bald move pulp you can search it uh, for that in your favorite podcast app that way you won't miss any of our pulpy fun podcasts and uh, yeah we're happy to be back can't wait to put this thing finally shambling into the grave Mm -hmm. I guess it won't be shambling in the grave It's shambling to us and we're putting it down into the grave Uh, We'll see you again Sunday night Until then I'm Aaron And I'm Jim Bye